You're listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church. We have a great opportunity this morning. This is Josiah Claypool. Many of you know him. Just an aside, they never do me that way. (laughs) He is a graduate of Liberty University. He got a degree in human resource management. He manages 14 Speedway stores. He's got a heart for missions and to encourage any kind of person he might run into. And we are so glad to have you part of us. And we welcome you. Father, we pray for Josiah this morning that you would just... Uh, release him to give to us what you've put in his heart. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So, boy, I'm still stirred up from worship. So before I jump into um, the message, I just want to read um, Exodus 33. Seventeen. It says, And the Lord said to Moses, This very thing that you have spoken I will do, for you have found favor in my sight. And I know you by name. Moses said, Please show me your glory. I was praying that last night, and then come to find out that Pastor Robin and Donna were talking about it this morning. And I have a feeling that's for us this morning. Um, so I just want to pray into that, and wherever we go from there, great. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Lord, the reality is this. We don't want to go anywhere unless you're going to be there. So this morning, we ask that you'd show up and show us your glory. Lord, this morning, worship was so encouraging and so powerful. Lord, because when you were high and lifted up, Lord God, all of our troubles seem to just melt away. Things begin to come into perspective. Lord God, when our eyes are focused on you. So, Lord God, we ask that you would show us yourself this morning, that we would see you and, Father, everything else would be put in its place. Lord, whatever you want to show us through your word today, we receive it. We open up our eyes. We open up our heart. But seriously, Lord God, we just want to experience you. Let there be something for everyone in the room today. Lord, I know that I'm expectant of what you're going to say and do and how you're going to move. So, Lord, let that expectation simply be on you and nothing and no one else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So, uh, man, thank you guys for for being here. Um, Thank you for my friends and family who decided to join this morning, decided that you guys could be here. Yeah, so um, let's first, let's read Philippians 4, 8 through 9 together. The word should be on the screen. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Amen. So today, um, we're going to be talking about Thanksgiving. 
gratefulness. You know, we're in the month of gratefulness and Pastor Robin kicked it off last week. And he just pretty much, I think he laid it out pretty flat for us. As believers, Thanksgiving is something that we need to be operating in. We kind of can't live this life without it. It's needed to move. It's needed to function. It's something that we need to practice. And if I were to just like simplify what we just read um, together, I would probably say this. Dwell on good things, practice righteousness, and you'll be aware of God. All right, that was it. Thank you guys so much for coming. Uh, A a little bit more? Okay, all right, we'll go deeper. We'll go deeper. Um, We're starting here. We're going to come back to it. We're going to come back to this. But when I think about like dwelling on some good things, I actually think about my buddy Guy. He is not here right now because he's not feeling well. Um, but you know, he'll be with us next week. But, um, Guy is someone that I go to the gym with, um, a couple times during the week. And usually I'm there by myself or I'm with Guy. And I'll tell you, when I'm with Guy, things are a little bit different. Why? Everyone greets Guy. We walk into the gym and they're like, oh, hey, hey, guy, or how's it going? And when I walk into the gym, yeah, I get the normal like nod from the front desk person. That's my only interaction the rest of the day. So, but when I'm with guy, there's always this constant like, hello, how are you doing? And the reason being is that that man has a beautiful testimony. He's got a beautiful story. He's seen the Lord literally save him. I don't want to spoil it. So if you haven't had a chance to get to meet Guy, um, he'd love to share his story with you. And because of that beautiful story, he um, shares that with others. He doesn't take their whole day, but he will share just a piece of it when he gets the chance. And he does that so often that at the gym, people know him. They know him. I know this dude like loves him, cares for him. He shares his testimony. He shares the gospel and people enjoy and engage him. And so my hope is that through parts of what we do today, we're going to go through some scripture. We're going to have, have a good time. But I hope that you get to know me a little bit as I share just pieces of my story. This past week, we had an opportunity um, as the men to meet up at Justin's house um, for this awesome uh, um, time of fellowship. And I tell you that there is such beauty and vulnerability. I know the women, you guys have have, um, been really experiencing that with your um, monthly events. And um, we're a little late to the party, but here we are uh, for the guys. But man, it's just been, it's just been so, so good. And um, I just want to thank the Lord for being here. So a lot of you have met me within the last year. Um, Last year was a really, really uh, hard year for me. Um, I was a part of a great church, part of an amazing small group. I had a lot of awesome things going for me. Um, The Lord opened up an opportunity for me to move down to uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina, So I'm going from kind of the north side, north past Charlotte to um, the south side. And during that same transition period, uh, two of my best friends ended up moving away. And sometimes you don't realize what things will do to you. And so for me, grief hit through, I I didn't realize it. My mom's a counselor and she had to just look me in the face, bitch, so I had grieving relationships right now. And being moved away from what I saw as secure in a place um, the Lord led me to, to Queen City. I'd heard about it years ago. Lord brought it back to memory. And um, when I showed up, 
um, I was in a pretty broken state. I remember uh, at the end of service, prayer was being offered. That's where I met the Schroeders. I just showed up and, um, man, John, and, they've got this one, two punch, John and Kim, John will just kind of like lightly pray for you and just like build you up. And then Kim will just bring the fire of the Lord down and just, and just really like speak to like the places where you're, you're you want to be. She didn't know me and she saw joy in me. She saw happiness. She saw fire within me and desired to see that come out. And at the time I had not experienced that in a while. I hadn't experienced that joy. I hadn't experienced that, that, there's, you know, that element of Thanksgiving, this month of Thanksgiving. I wasn't experiencing Thanksgiving at the time. But man, through just being a part of this body, you guys have loved me, have encouraged me, and allowed me to love and encourage you back. And um, here we are. And so, again, just thank you for letting me take a moment to just share. Queen City, I am very, very um, encouraged by you. So getting back to uh, Philippians 4, 8 through 9. Man, like I said, I'm going to read, we're going to kind of hit this at the end again, but there's just something so powerful about Paul who wrote this because he's talking about dwelling on things like whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. There's something powerful about where the mind is focused something very, very powerful about that. And he is also someone that, um, if you know a lot about the life of Paul, he's gone through many, um, what, shipwrecks? I don't know. I've never been in one shipwreck. He's been in more than one. That seems like a lot to me. Um, he's also, he's been in prison multiple times. He's escaped death. You know, he's like been <laughs> stoned, survived. Like the dude's gone through a lot and he's over here like, Hey, hey, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, like, think about these things. <laughs> I'm like, man, like, only somebody who's gone through extreme loss, who's seen the beauty of the gospel, who's seen the beauty of Jesus, who's seen and experienced that redemption, that power, has the authority to say something like that. Like, truly has that authority to say something like that. And I think what happens is that he's experienced something. Yes, he's experienced Thanksgiving. He's thankful for who the Lord is in his life. But I also think that that comes with a renewal of the mind. Like, like for real, as we, we've talked about this before, um, even last week, um, Pastor Robin had stated that the mind, we naturally are bent towards negative things. I don't, I don't think I need to like preach that to anyone in this room because if you've lived in your skin for longer than like, I don't know, 10 years, you know that like uh, we're, we can naturally be bent towards negativity. We may, based on our experiences, we may think the worst. We may try to temper our expectations. Mm, you know, it's good stuff, right? But I think that there's a beauty that we tap into when we come to know the Lord. We come to know that, man, we were so separated in our sin that there is actually a better way of life that comes through Jesus. And like through that, I believe again, he offers us this power to renew our minds so that the ways, the old patterns of the world that we were used to can be transformed and we can have the patterns of heaven. We can have the mind of Christ. In order for us to truly engage Thanksgiving, you have to experience the beauty of the Lord renewing your mind. 
That's something that we go through daily. I really do believe that that is something that's available to us each and every day. So yeah, man, this renewal of the mind. So I should have said this a little earlier, but we're going to be taking a journey, a journey from where Thanksgiving can lead us to. And I believe that it happens through Thanksgiving first. In that process, our mind can be renewed and it leads us to a place of peace. Like really, like if you thought about it, where like Thanksgiving, I'm not trying to say this is a one size fits all, but Thanksgiving can bring you down a pathway that bitterness, anger, and rage can never take you. Because you've gone down the negative path before. But what happens if you decide to go down the one that is filled with the Lord's glory? And in order for that renewal to take place, generally what happens is we need to remember. So let's read Romans 12, 2. I keep talking about this renewal of the mind. So with Romans 12, 2, it says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And just before this, Paul is actually talking about being a living sacrifice. I'm not trying to focus on the living sacrifice portion per se, but in order to truly be a living sacrifice, in order to live that out, there needs to be something that changes within you. That sanctification process, you know, that process where you're looking more and more like the Lord as you spend time with him. Like, I am, I'm not married. However, I've been with some couples where they've spent so much time together that, I, that they say the same things, they say the same phrases, they start looking like one another. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's almost like it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. They're going to get my dad joke because <laughs> they know. By the way, I love dad jokes. I love puns. Um, so if you ever, um, you know, see a good one, feel free to send it my way. Um, it'll really bless me. You, you don't even know. Yeah, the Lord speaks to me that way. Yeah. Um, but really, again, do not be conformed to this world which means there's already a pattern that's set of negativity. There's already a pattern that's set that moves against the knowledge of Christ. And it's only by the renewal of the mind can you even start to be shifted towards the thing that we're called to. And now I love the fact that like we as believers, we know the right things to say. We know the right things to do. But sometimes like I know this at this church, we're very honest and real with one another, that there's plenty of times where we don't feel it. I'm not going to sit here and tell you it's okay, but what I am going to sit here and tell you is that God is able to see us through it, love us through us, and take us to the place where we need to be. So sometimes, yeah, you may find yourself in a doubting stage. Yes, you may find yourself in the, in the depths. Believe me, I've spent months, years in, in places of depression and anxiety. Like, I'm not saying this from a place of, hey, guys, it's going to be great all the time. Just focus on God, clap your hands, and it's going to be great. No, no, this is coming from a place of, like, I, I've seen loss. Yes, there's people who have seen way worse loss. There's people who have gone through two shipwrecks, and I've gone through zero. They've gone through worse. But the reality is that we may see the path. We can see it. Sometimes we just need to take the right tools to get there, use the right tools to get there. So like one of the things that I truly believe will get us to the place of Thanksgiving is by remembering. 
I think memory is beautiful. For those of you who are um, counselors or therapists know that there's power, power in positive and good memories. And so I'm going to dive into that just a little bit, but I want to um, share something out of Joshua. We're going to read Joshua 4 here in a moment, but I want to give us just a, a, a little bit of context. Now, man, I love the book of Joshua, especially growing up as a, as a middle schooler, because you would hear words like, you would hear, you'd read this, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. Like that language speaks so strongly to a middle schooler who struggles with talking to girls. I, you got, you guys think that's funny, but that was like, that's like life giving to me. The Lord will go with me? What? Like he will, he will do it. He will do it. Man, I said, yeah, yeah, the Hebrews, they were up against like, they were fighting wars and stuff like that, but I got my own battles. Okay. I got my own battles. Sometimes like, like really, like I say that to be facetious, but sometimes like the things that really trouble us could be that, that's the big difference between like God and the thing that we're reading is that what we're dealing with may be like small, but it's not insignificant to the Lord, which I also think is like beautiful. Um, so like, doesn't matter what you're going through the mountaintops. Yeah. Some people love to compare, um, their situations and say like, Oh, just suck it up and get over it. But for you, that may be a real stumbling uh, block, but the Lord is still has something for you there, man. Uh, sorry. Just a tidbit. Um, yeah. So be strong, and courageous. Um, um, but man, so if you guys know anything about Joshua's story, um, back when um, the, the Hebrew people, they were set free, they crossed through the Red Sea. Um, Moses, while he was, you know, um, while he was dealing with the Lord, he would be in a tent of meeting. Joshua was uh, Moses's attendant or his servant. Um, when when Moses would be done doing his business with the Lord and he'd exit Joshua as the attendant, he was, he was the type of guy that would sit in the presence of God. Like he would, he, my man would just sit. He would just enjoy it. No one told him where he had to be. No one told, told him where he had to leave. He was like, I'm just going to sit here until the presence is gone. Like that's just the type of, that's the type of man he is. And so before we read jo- uh, Joshua four, we know that when the, the Hebrew people, when they, when they came to Canaan or they came to the land that was promised to them, there was a moment where Moses asked, he, he basically asked for there to be 12 um, spies or 12 chiefs. So 12 leaders that represented each tribe to go into the land and they were to scope it out for 40 days. So as they were scoping it out for 40 days, they're waiting for this report. When the report came back, when the report came back, man, um, it was interesting. You've got 10 of the 12 basically saying like, hey, that land, it looks good, but there's giants there. It's scary. This is Josiah paraphrase, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, so just bear with me. But man, they're like, yeah, it's it's not looking good. Like they're giants in the land. Like they are really scary people. We can't do this. <laughs> Goodness. They're like, yeah, yeah, we can't do this. Um, but Joshua and Caleb, specifically Caleb, and he's, 
he silences the crew. He's like, hey, guys, like, remember, like, I believe that we can take it if the Lord says it, if he's pleased with us, that we can actually take this land. And so what you have is this, this dichotomy that's set. You've got two guys who are the minority who are saying, like, hey, like, we can take it. It's beautiful. It's everything that God said it would be. And you've got the others that are looking at their situation, and they are saying to everybody else, we can't do it. It's not possible. I know what we're working with, and I see what they're working with, and it's an impossible situation. Does that sound familiar in some of our lives? I'm, I'm just, I'm just asking. Um, have you ever looked at a situation and you, you've done, you've crunched the numbers? It's not adding up. What you believe God is calling you to do is not adding up to the thing that you're seeing. The circumstances look pretty grim. Lord, I thought you spoke this to me and the family. I thought we were moving in faithfulness, but now we're being met with opposition. I don't know if we can do this. Now, you are not exactly in their same um, place. We're not exactly in their same place, but I just want to read Numbers 14 as they were shouting and, and, and um, stirring up the camp. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry, and the people wept that night. And all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, Let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Like, imagine being in this place where your anxiety and your fear brought you to literally turning your back on the thing that the Lord had promised. Again, I'm not saying you are exactly where these people are, but there's just some some similarities I felt. That negative seed, that focus of their minds drew them to the place where they could not remember. They couldn't remember. Sometimes negative skepticism seems like the most educated posture to have. Have you ever noticed that? Sometimes some of the smartest people in the room are the most negative. And that's, that's exactly, that's probably like, like the men that were chosen were leaders. They were chieftains. These are the guys that they look up to outside of Moses and Aaron. And if they are saying, if your leader is saying, we can't do it, then how much more are you feeling this like, mm, we can't? They grumbled and they complained. And man, I tell you, Moses had to, had to have a conversation with the Lord. He had a conversation with the Lord and the Lord basically came back and said like, this generation is not going to see the land. I'll raise up another generation. I'm not saying that that's where we are. I, I praise the Lord that we're in a place where Jesus has died for all of our sin. You know what I'm saying? Like we're in a place where like he no longer holds that against us. You know, like all that's left, all that's left for us is to be able to embrace the calling that the Lord has given us, that we're able to read the word itself. We're able to engage and we are given the Holy Spirit that allows us to not go in the direction of the Hebrew people, but to be able to embrace where God is calling us to. The hopelessness that they experience, we do not have to experience when we've said yes to Jesus. All right, so the Lord says no to that group. A new group is raised up. Joshua is um, ready to take them into the land. 
They've gone through the land. They've already gone through a little bit. And they come to a point where they come to the Jordan River. And the Lord told them, hey, send my ark in front. Go in the water. The water will separate. You guys will be able to pass. And in Joshua 3, 5, then Joshua said to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua said to the priests, take up the ark of the covenant and pass on before the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. Now, I just real quick, I just want to say, man, like Joshua, the dude that sits in the presence of God, when the Lord told him something, what did he say to the people? He said, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do wonders among you. He sat in a place of authority that the Lord was giving him. And what he did with it is that he, instead of using words to dissuade his people, he used words to encourage their faith. He said, consecrate yourself, set yourselves apart. I don't know what that looked like for everyone. That might've been like, hey, I'm gonna fast this afternoon or like, I'm gonna pray tonight. Hey, family, we're gonna get together and just pray and thank the Lord for what he's about to do tomorrow because the Lord already said what he was going to do. Now it's time to actually just live out what what he said he would do. And so moving on to um, Joshua 4, if you guys wanna um, look along on the screen. So one through seven. It says, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, take 12 men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, take 12 stones, and here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in the place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel, whom he had appointed a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, pass on before the ark of the Lord, your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. What I love about this is that it feels like there's a, there's a, like, like some redemption here. There was 12 men that went into the land and 10 of them said no. In this moment, 12 men are being told by the Lord to go in, grab stones. Like they crossed on dry land, y'all. Like every molecule of water was pushed, was held up. Like he made it dry. He made it clear that the situation, and they were crossing the Jordan during harvest season. So the water was overflowing the banks. Like it was the type of situation was like, hey, we can't cross unless the Lord shows up. Very similar to back then. Hey, we can't inherit the land unless the Lord shows up. The Lord tells these, basically through Joshua, tells these men to create a memorial to never forget. Because again, there's power in memory. There's true power in memory. So imagine like you're walking with your kid and the kid sees the stone. Hey dad, what's this about? Here's this beautiful opportunity for a father to share with his child what the Lord did to never forget. Hey, hey dad, didn't, I know this is the Jordan, but didn't the Lord also part the Red Sea? Yeah, actually, son, he did. Being able to go into these things that the Lord has done, it really has this ability to shift and change. So there was a, there was a, a recent time where I was with my, fa- not with my father, I was on the phone with him after, but I started um, 
I had a really bad day at work, essentially. It was a, a really rough day at work. And um, the, the day prior, and it was turning into weeks of roughness. And um, I was driving. I was a lawyer. I know what I need right now is Thanksgiving. I just need to give thanks. I feel horrible. I feel disgusting. I don't want to think about work as I'm driving to it. Um, so I'm here. So what I, what I did was out loud, I started giving thanks and remembering the things that the Lord did has done. And what you find is that when your mind shifts to that positive thing, that memory, when you go back to where God brought you from, you actually, it's almost like your mind goes back to that place. So imagine that moment where the Lord delivered you and you literally go to that place of his deliverance. And that is where you're dwelling. That is where you're thinking. So what I found is in that moment, I was, I I wasn't just thinking it. I was speaking it. I was speaking these things that God did. I was giving an account to the Lord of who he is and what he was doing. And what was beautiful is I started like situation didn't change y'all work still sucked that day. But I'll tell you that man, was I in good spirits? It was so good. I called my dad. I was like, dad, having a bad day at work. Days, days rough. Yesterday was rough. Last week was rough. My dad's response. My day was rough. My day's also rough. Work isn't good. Me and my dad, we have bad work days together. And so I was telling, I was just like, Hey, you know, you know, that off, oftentimes when you focus on Thanksgiving, things shift. So I invited him into that. I said, Hey, this is what the Lord has reminded me of. And I asked him, can you tell me some things that I may not remember that gives you joy and thanksgiving? So my dad started telling me stories about when I was younger, things that the Lord saved us from, the family from. Um, we started talking about the time where we lost the house, we lost everything, all we had was each other, and how the Lord brought us together and built us up. And now our, our bonds are better than ever. But at a time, it was bleak and it was horrible. We're just reminiscing about some horrible times, but the Lord's showing up. And man, I tell you that we had... Like we both had a good day after that. The day was still rough work-wise, but our mentality was good knowing that the Lord would see us through. So let's read Philippians 4, 4 through 9. I'm gonna wrap this up for us. All right, I'm gonna read it. You don't have to read it, sorry. Um, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and you heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Again, we've already talked about Paul being someone who's gone through a lot. So he's the expert in being able to say, hey, this is something that's real, and this is something that's true. Rejoicing. Like, here, here's the, here's like the, if I could just like hone in on anything, that there is power in this understanding of rejoicing and knowing that the Lord is at hand. It says to be anxious for nothing or be anxious, don't be anxious about anything. But in everything in prayer and supplication. What is supplication? What is supplication? It's a really fancy word for saying begging. Begging in prayer. And it says that with thanksgiving. So imagine you're in a place where there is something that you need. Enter into the Lord's 
gates. Let's let Psalm 100 with thanksgiving, with with joy. Let's be excited. I'm not saying that you've got to necessarily fake it, but sometimes you got to speak out the thing that who God is. You may have to speak out and declare who he is. Maybe you have to remember who he is when you're entering into his presence, remembering who he is, what he's done. And that allows you to really, that really seasons your asking. That shifts you from a place of, man, I was anxious, man, I was upset. Shifts me from a, to a place of thanksgiving and remembering. And from that place, it's like your heart and your mind is aligned with the Lord. And it allows you to truly ask, not from a place of anxiousness, but allows you to ask from a place of thanksgiving. I, I, I believe that the anxious mind would ask for something one way, but a thankful mind would ask for something in another. Now, don't hear me. God will meet you wherever you are, wherever you are. But this is the month of Thanksgiving. So I want you to have a tool here in Philippians 4, that there is beauty in Thanksgiving to transform your mind, to renew your mind, to take you back to a place where you remember the Lord and allow you to transport it right to where you are in that moment. And then it's almost like, man, there's nothing holding me back from being able to align my heart, my mind with the Lord and to ask the Lord of what it is that I need. Again, he's not saying don't ask. Supplication, begging. (laughs) I'm begging the Lord. Like that's okay. But the thing is, he doesn't want to be forgotten. And I think that it's not about the Lord needing us to not remember. But like I heard this said recently that if God is truly the greatest good, why would he ever hold himself back from us? If he truly is the greatest good, then he's going to lead us back to him. If anxiety is what you're dealing with, maybe it's the thanksgiving. I'm not saying it comes in a moment. I'm not saying that you don't tarry. I'm not saying that there are seasons. I'm not trying to dissuade where you've been or where you are. But what I am telling you is that there is true power in thanksgiving. And it leads you to this place of where I truly believe peace comes in. Peace that surpasses all understanding. By all means, you should be upset. You should be angry. But because of this thanksgiving and rejoicing, all of a sudden the Lord shows up and he does something different in me. I experience his wholeness, his peace, his shalom in whatever situation I'm in. Thanksgiving is the tool, y'all. Follow the path of thanksgiving and see where it leads you. See where it leads you. But again, as I close out, I don't want us to, I don't want us to forget. I don't want us to forget who it is that we're thankful for. The world can be thankful for anything. You know, even the Lord is like, there's aspects of him that we see in natural revelation. The world can see that there is something beautiful just by looking at nature. But there's something different when we've accepted that the blood of Jesus covered all of our sins. It's covered all of it. Like we have chosen to be, as stated earlier, a living sacrifice. Our lives are no longer our own. If you've truly tasted and seen that the Lord is good, that Jesus was a man that lived a perfect life. He took our sin upon himself. He took death upon himself. We deserve that death. We deserved all that it, all that it had for us. And he chose to take it, not just for us, but the entire world. This beautiful free gift of salvation is available to every single person. He has taken, he's taken it from the world. 
And the only way that we can truly have it, it's given freely. When we acknowledge it, when you acknowledge it, your life looks different. Instead of anxiety and shifting in that way, instead of following the, the, the spiral of negative thoughts, what's available to us is thanksgiving to remember who he is, to remember what he's done. Each and every one of you are filled. Those who believe are filled with the Holy Spirit. You've been sealed to the day of his coming, Jesus coming again. You've been sealed. You've been given a comforter. You've been given a counselor. What is available to you, the world cannot walk out. The only way for you to access that power is through thanksgiving. It's through acknowledging what he's done. It's through stepping into and believing what he's going to do. It's about knowing that the end is going to be all right. And though it sucks right now, he's going to be with me through it. We will acknowledge that the God of peace is with us. So, Father God, I just thank you for this room. I thank you for this time. Lord God, let us just remember that the God of peace is with us. Lord, that you are with us. Lord, all we have to do is enter in with thanksgiving. And all we are is being, all we do is acknowledge your presence. You've never left. You've never left. You've always been there. Jesus, you were the one that, that, took our shame and took that separation for a time so that we could always be with the Father. So Lord God, I pray for this room that we would be able to enter into Thanksgiving no matter where we find ourselves. Father, give us that grace this week to enter into and to truly experience your Thanksgiving. Allow us to, to touch and to enter into peace that surpasses what our worldly minds can conjure up or understand. So, Lord God, I believe that that is a shifting point for us as Queen City, that we would be able to be given into thanksgiving instead of fear, anxiety, and doubt. But, Lord God, that we, through the power of Jesus, can hold on to and remember who you are. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Queen City Church Sermon of the Week. For more information on this message and other resources, visit queencity.church.